Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowen, and Pastor Adam Osher continue their discussion on Article 23 of the Augsburg Confession, looking at an Old Testament passage and its application. In this episode, Adam, Brett, and Jason talk about matters of sexual immorality and marital intimacy. While they endeavor to keep things appropriate, it may be wise to preview the episode before having your children listen to it. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary. Whatever your vocation is, start here, go anywhere, grounded in God's Word. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Adam Osier. All right, we're back at it, uh, back recording on uh, biblical episodes related to... Biblical episodes. Bible ep- Bible study episodes, <laughs> biblical... I hope all of our episodes have been biblical. yes. Yes, you're This right. time we're looking directly at a text. There you go. Sorry. From the Old Thanks. Testament. Fun with adjectives. I, I, I mucked it podcast. up. So uh, anyway, yeah, we're doing a Bible study episode. There we go. Keywords. That's right. Uh, on uh, Article 23 of the Augsburg Confession, the Marriage of Priests. Yeah, and we're going to start from the very beginning, which is a very good place to start. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. Is that Sesame Street? No. no. That's, uh, Wasn't that? That's Sound very... of Music. That's the door. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. From the That's very right. beginning. Yeah, there yeah, we go. One. Right. We're hanging out in Genesis 1 today. Uh, Genesis 1, 26. Yes. You looked at me, Brett, like you're expecting me to break out into the rest of that song. Kind no, of. You yeah. only do 80s New Wave. I, yeah, I don't know anything before 1980, say, 6, 4, 3, something like that. Go sure. ahead, Brett. Yeah. Anyway, listener, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're having a hard time, uh, yeah, not breaking out into song today. To, to I will say right now, to the churches who use these episodes as launching pads <laughs> for their Sunday school classes or Bible uh, studies, and there's a handful of you out there, we're sorry. <laughs> we're always yeah. sorry for the first three or four minutes of the podcast. And, and thank you, thank, <laughs> thank you, for, you for doing it. I thought the last couple of weeks we have been we doing, we've been doing well, and then this. Well, and in really, Brett and I haven't gone off a baseball tangent in forever. Right. So We kept that in between episodes. And mostly just to annoy Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adam's, Adam's not anti-baseball uh, like Brian was. Yeah. So. Oh, I could, I could develop a hatred. For baseball? Sure. Well, you should just be a Twins fan. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All there right. We go. Well, on that note, we're, we're going to read Genesis 1 as we consider uh, God's gift of marriage. All right, uh, so Genesis 1, 26 through 31 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Here ends the reading of God's word. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. All right. Well, uh, Genesis 1, what's the rationale for bringing this into the discussion that we've been having? First off, close circuit to Pastor Brian Rickey. Uh, I am really sorry for doing this Bible passage and not making it about the Trinity. Yeah, right. We're really sorry. We're just not going to spend you know, a whole lot of time there. I think we can we, get we there if we did. need to. Uh, if you want to do to go and back and listen, uh, we did that. We've uh, done this episode? We've done this well, no, passage? No, 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 no. Uh, when, when Brian was with this episode 158, we did talk about Genesis 1 and 2 in light of the Trinity. Okay, there we go. Uh, so so anyway, Brian had his day anyway. He, All right, he never mind, Brian. Day. Yep. Uh, in this one, we it's, it's really been several, several episodes that we've done a deep dive on vocation. We've kind of yeah. grown out of that a little bit. Sure. But this is where it's at, is that the we need to ground our understanding of celibacy, of sexuality, of uh, sexual immor- immorality and appropriate sexual behavior, that needs to be grounded in the realm of vocation. And the vocation is grounded in the realm of your neighbor. And where the church has gotten this wrong and where purity has you know, been upended in all of this is through the objectification of others. Now, primarily, that is the objectification of women by men, but not exclusively. Uh, men are also objectified. So our starting point for understanding the vocation of the marriage relationship goes back to God's creation on day six in verse 27, God created man in his own image. That is the the race of man. That is human. Mankind. Yeah, mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created male and female. He created them. What it means is both sexes as humans are created in the image of God, that mm-hmm. they are God's creatures. And, and any theology built forward from here has to be done without the objectification of one for the other. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think that your, your words of how this is grounded in the creation order is important. I think that God has created this design and every, every perversion that we see of, of human sexuality stems from a fundamental misunderstanding of this text. It, it, I, th- I think it, it comes back to that um, all the way down the line. And then you go into chapter two, of course, and you see the creation of Eve, uh, which we did choose not to cover fully in this particular passage, but it's it's obviously in the context. That whole picture is is there. I find it interesting. I, I want to bring baseball into this, guys, believe <laughs> yeah. it or not. Okay? Yes. This is the first time I've really felt like you're a uh-huh. good uh, part of the podcast. A part of this. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Me, me too, actually. <laughs> you finally come into your own. Yes. So, a few weeks ago now, um, as you're listening to this, there was a um, yeah, a, a baseball event. Uh, what do they call them? Games. Baseball thing. <laughs> Games, yes. And during that game, it was during Pride Month, where there's a oh. celebration yeah. oh, wow. of, uh, you this know, is a White Sox game. things that are not, in, and it was a Tampa Bay yeah. Devil Rays game, and they were playing Tampa Bay Rays. Bretts. They dropped the devil. Oh, they dropped the devil. Ago. Well, yeah. Tampa Bay Rays. See, that's how un- 
first. Sorry, so man. now am I not part of the podcast no, anymore? No, we're your B squad. They're, and they're Brett's playing White Sox. Are they squad. still the White Sox or are they just yep. the lesser Sox? They're still the White Sox. I believe okay. they're referred to as the abominations of def- desolation. But no. <laughs> they're, they're apologizing for their whiteness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. All right. Got Boy, all of the Way political things right, yeah. right yeah. away. Yeah. Um, no. But but that event where they were, were wearing patches, I believe, and, and hats, as I understand it. Yeah. I, I follow that as pop culture, I don't follow it. It was basically know, so. a rainbow logo. A logo that involved the rainbow, um, which is another part of Genesis that we could <laughs> cover and discuss. But Genesis several nine. players, as I understand, pitchers, yeah, pitchers um, did yep. not you know, agree to wear that, so they didn't. And one of them made a comment to some degree of, you know, hey, as a Christian, I, he said, hey, we, we love to welcome them at our games and, and glad they can enjoy what we do. Uh, but as a Christian, you know, I just I can't stand behind that lifestyle because I think, you know, because of this. Now, it was interesting hearing this, and this is a few weeks ago as well, but Andrew Walker, who's a professor of ethics at Southern Seminary uh, for the Southern um, in, in Louisville, Kentucky, he talked about it and he said, you know, it's interesting. Good point. Fully agree with him, but I would take it a step further. It's not just I disagree with those things because I'm a Christian. I disagree with these things because this because I believe that the God of the universe, the God of Christianity, is the God of reality, and how He designed all of these things is exactly how it ought to be. And and so He He commended the the players, but He said, look at look at this text, look at the creation order. God made this design for a reason. He put it out there. He's He's made these structures, boundaries, if you will. He, he's given these uh, vocations in which to exercise these things. And anytime we go outside of that, anytime we leave that creation or design, we're going to end up perverting something. Yeah. And we, God's create order, which you brought up last episode, by the way, Adam, it's, that's how we're looking at marriage as a vocation is that there's a created order to things. And now there's, there's a couple layers of marriage that we talk about here. One of the, 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 the first and fundamental purpose of marriage as it's ordered in scripture is procreation. Mm -hmm. Procreation can only biologically be done with a man and a woman. Even if it's in vitro fertilization, you need the parts that the female contribute and the parts that the male contributes put together. So Mm -hmm. it, it cannot be done without male and female in this aspect. But what we notice about marriage is that as scripture unfolds in the story of redemption, Marriage follows that pattern. Now, the, the the first two steps are in Genesis 1 and 2, where redemption really doesn't come into focus until the fall in, in chapter 3, but God is building this. So uh, the, the marriage partnership described or alluded to in Genesis 1 is for the purpose of procreation, mm-hmm. okay? Genesis 2, we find out the partnership, the, the it is not good for man to be alone, companionship and partnership are built into marriage in Genesis 2, even before the fall. Fast forward through all the prophecies of Christ, and you get to Ephesians 5. And that is where we get the level of intimacy in marriage, where Christ and the church, and Christ's redemptive act for the church, are the reality that marriage points to. And so that's where we get the intimacy and the self-sacrifice. And all this is built into God's creation of what is meant by his created order and then what is meant by the vocation of 
marriage. And, and if we ground and anchor and build on that foundation, it becomes a whole lot easier to not get in lost into the forest of purity culture and not get lost into the weeds of sexual immorality and promiscuity and, and fornication and, and everything, the society, the, the sexual liberation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and really, I mean, you, you, there's a reasonable argument to be made, and it has been made by smarter people than me, that the whole purpose of the, the sexual liberation movement is to uh, unhitch uh, intercourse with consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's the whole purpose of this. We go back to God's created order, and it's precisely the opposite. It's that physical intimacy actually is designed with consequences exactly. in mind. And good consequences good, yeah, as well. Yeah, we don't go down that Gnostic trip of this is something bodily and gross and, and unnecessary. Yeah. Right. But with that in mind, going back to the, the context of our discussion is priestly celibacy. We put We smack vocation down over the top of that, and then we start to realize what a good solution marriage is to this. Mm-hmm. Because in God's created order... That level of sexual intimacy is out of bounds. In marriage, it's in bounds. It's Mm -hmm. appropriate. It's godly to do that because of his designed order. Mm-hmm. And, and Amen. that's the, that's the, well, says it, married Brett. Yeah, yeah. right. Yes. That's the doctrine of vocation is the changing of boundaries yeah. to what's appropriate. You know, and, and we, we laugh at it, but in every other way that we've taught vocation yeah. on this show, we've taught it consistently that, like you said before the show, Brett, that a scalpel in my hand yeah. Yeah, is right. different than a scalpel in the hand of a surgeon. Mm-hmm. The, Anything I can do with the scalpel can only be sinful and tragic. Right. <laughs> you to know? harm and to hurt. To, to harm and to, to hurt. To kill. Yeah. Yep. That, I mean, even, even in the most emergency of situations where it would be required for me to do it, one, you'd be like, why do you have a scalpel? <laughs> you know, where did that come from? But it, likely only harm comes from that. Where in a skilled surgeon, that glorifies God. The, the person who has the tumor removed and is healed you know, weeks later without cancer. That's amazing. The, 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 the scars that I bear on my left ankle from four surgeries and I can walk upright. That's that, amazing. That step was <laughs> a really bad place. Yeah, for you, that, that, but, that but God, sidewalk. but God used those doctors to yeah, bring you back. Yeah, right, but all you of will that, rebuild. You know, name a vocation. Yeah, and we can define that vocation right. by its boundaries. Right. Yeah, in the same way, marriage. You know, sex is a good gift in the in the context of marriage. It's um, a loving thing. Yeah. Yep. A love and a necessary thing because it's part of intimacy is communication, and we want to mirror the communication we learn about in the Trinity. But there you go, Brian. Yay. We got to it. Yeah. yeah shout out, Brian. The, the, yeah. That's where we yeah. get this idea that perfect unified communication ending in a united purpose. You know, that, hmm. that's what we're looking at. Now, we can only m- reflect that dimly because we're sinners, yeah, and, yeah. you know, but that's the whole point. And that's how this conversation needs to be couched. That's where we need to recapture everyone with the good intentions who's done this poorly and everyone with the bad sinful intentions who's completely abused this over the centuries. Mm-hmm. This needs to be recaptured with the doctrine of vocation. Hmm. And when you do, you, like you said, you see that that perfect intimacy is interesting. How you bring that up, and I just want to say, like that whole idea of God has 
he wants us to have and, and understand that vulnerability too, mm-hmm. that that full expression of giving oneself, and that in itself is a picture of the gospel too, right? And and I find, yeah, I find that to be something that's overlooked when it comes. We talk about we talk about the sexual act for procreation, but there's the intimacy aspect of loving one another too, and, and showing the, uh, that, that full vulnerability and j- joy, frankly, as, as Brett so joyously expressed a <laughs> yeah, minute right. ago, yes. uh, you know, that, that joy is also a godly thing. It's a godly right. gift that he wants us to have. And he yeah. wants us to enjoy for those who are called to marriage. Yeah. And, and you know, it can be talked about even in the best intentions inappropriately, Mm-hmm. But it it doesn't need to because of the way God has given us, and, and we do that. It, I also want to clarify again here, and, and we don't want to always give caveats. We don't always want to do this, but we mention marriage as a picture of the gospel. But for those who aren't married, mm-hmm. it's not the only picture of the gospel, and, and that's the beauty of yeah. the gospel. And that right. the 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 the, uh, the picture of God's family doesn't exclusively exist in the bride of Christ picture. But, but it's been discussed, especially recently in the church, of like the Father's Day, Mother's Day, and for those who have lost a father or mother, or for those who had abusive parents, you know, the church ought to be sensitive, and we ought to be sensitive. But the whole idea of God as Father is to remedy that. For when we have imperfect parents, God is the perfect Father. For those who uh, desire to be married and aren't yet married, Christ is the perfect husband. And and um, above all that, we have our brothers and sisters in Christ yeah. in the church. It's kind of like the, the passage where you're like, were you a slave? Then you're uh, the Lord's freedman. You know, yep. Were you a, a, a free? And you're the Lord's bondservant. Yeah. yeah. And we even, in all that, we have the picture of Christ as our brother yep. of redemption too. And it, it's the, again, the church has done this so poorly, we have to walk through this carefully. But for, for those who are struggling with singleness or the, you know, the maybe not the self-imposed gift of chastity, should we say that the image of the family should give you comfort in that it it's not only found mirrored in the marriage relationship. Right. Yeah, and the other thing I want to build on this too is, you know, that verse 28 talking about being fruitful and multiplying. Uh, it, just in the same discussion of should priests or pastors be married or, or not married, for sure be married, for sure not be married, uh, even though one of the purposes of marriage is, is for procreation, as you mentioned, Jason, uh, it doesn't mean that it has to happen or if it, or if it, if it doesn't happen, that there's something wrong, um, that, that's not the case either. It's not the only value to it. So, right. we, you know, we, we're not leaving the childless hanging as if there's no value to this. It's the complexity and richness and depth of the gospel allows us to speak the truths of these individual various parts without necessarily intentionally excluding the opposites, you know, or when it's not functioning. And, and, and we get opportunities for those who need comfort in these areas to apply the comfort of the gospel, to apply the reality of the gospel, to apply and encourage God's ever abiding presence in our lives. You know, we, uh, I, I say this repeatedly at my own church, uh, one of the traps we fall in is looking for God's purpose in suffering, where instead we are directed by scripture to look for God's presence in suffering, that mm-hmm. he has never left us nor forsaken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. us. And in these sensitive issues, that's where we want to be. That's what mm-hmm. we want to talk about. Hmm. 
Yeah, well, good. Well, we're getting close to the end of this episode. Um, are there any other insights from this text uh, as, as we uh, try to wrap up our, our discussion today? I think maybe I want to just do a short wading into talking about the concept of biblical beauty. Hmm. You know, because so much of of the the purity culture and, and the way the church handles with lust is through the sin of the eyes, right? What we look at causing us to stumble. And again, the gospel application to speak against that is God creates man and woman in his own image. The very end of chapter one, uh, God saw everything he had made and it was very good. So that with, with God's eyes, he observes beauty. Now, I, 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 I have heard so many pastors talk so poorly of trying to quantify biblical beauty in the most awkward, uncomfortable ways. <laughs> and we're not going to do that. But, uh, you know, we have to, in our understanding of godly biblical beauty, really be careful of crossing the line into objectification. You know, and I'm speaking exclusively to men here as a man. But again, I think that that whole modesty thing, the remedy for that is a vocational understanding that God creates beautiful things. You know, probably needs to be parsed out a little bit more than that, but this is the place we talk about it. This Hmm. is the scripture we go to. Hmm. Never really thought of it in those terms before. Is that good or <laughs> no? Oh, no, it, it is good. You, you lunatic. Know, well, I mean, because we say that all the time. <laughs> I do think you're a lunatic at times, and and I, I will I not deny that. that. But no, in this particular case, in a good way, Jason. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, with the nature of beauty, because we talk about that all the time, and we, in particular, have discussed things at different times about the objectification, specifically of women, physical beauty, and our culture is very uh, keen and aware on those things as well. And sometimes you're exactly right. It's very hard to understand. We, we go back to Proverbs 31, mm-hmm. right? That's beauty or this be ultimately coming back to this passage really does make a lot of sense. And I never, I never really thought of it like yeah, that. Coming back to this passage means we root our understanding of the good, the true, and the beautiful in what God has made and not what God has made looks like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really a, a discussion of the sanctity of life. That God has made a life, it's worth preserving. God has made a life, and it's beautiful. And it, that kind of beauty is not an aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It's not a discussion of clothing or makeup or hairstyle or muscle tone or anything like that. It's a My dis- six-pack abs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, it doesn't matter. See, that's the beauty of being on a podcast. Nobody knows. For sure. You have abs for radio. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, but exactly, it, it, I, I think... You know, thinking about this on the fly, we go off base when this happens because we make beauty an aesthetic rather than an objective truth. You know, what it, it's you know what God has put together, let no man put asunder that kind of thing. If God has made it, it starts off. It's a beautiful thing. 
you keep saying beautiful thing, and all I can think of is that. I think it's Gungor, right? That that song. He, he makes beautiful things. Yeah. He makes beautiful things out of the dust. That's more right, than three seconds, Jason. and we're going to yeah. probably have to pay royalties Ooh. on that one. Uh, Gungor doesn't exist anymore, though, does it? <laughs> That's not so so final. Uh, I think he's still living. <laughs> well, yeah, I but don't like know that band. he this exists is... as a Christian band for certain. Um, I think, sadly, that's not the case. But that's all I could think of when you kept saying yeah, beautiful yeah, things. Me, me too. He does. Yeah. That song is correct. What you're saying is exactly right. God does make beautiful things. All right. Well, amen. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Are we really going to end on Gungor and me singing? Uh, it? Oh, all right. All right. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and Pastor Adam wrap up their discussion on the Oxford Confession, Article 23, looking at a New Testament passage and its application. For the latest from the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary in Plymouth, Minnesota, visit flbc.edu. God bless you and have a great week.